Guys, you feel that nagging itch, like there's something missing in your life. You know there's greatness inside of you, but you're uncertain about how to tap into it. The Heroic Man Podcast will help you gain the knowledge and confidence to become the man you were always meant to be. Let's face it, life's short. At the end of the journey, you don't want to look back wishing you'd lived a fuller life, taken more chances, stopped worrying about what everyone else is thinking, and pursued your own dreams. Now's the time to make every second count. Now's the time to stop dreaming about an epic life and start living it. And now's the time to stop being ordinary and start being heroic. Because every man has the right to be the hero of his own story. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the show. Today we're going to change up our topics a little bit. As you know, the whole premise of our show is about creating change in your life especially the kind of change that is transformational. You know, I think guys reach a certain point in their lives where they put so much focus in one area. For a lot of us, you know, it's our jobs. And life has become such a routine that sometimes you take your eye off the ball in other areas. You get into a daily routine and pretty soon you start making a lot of little compromises that all pile on top of one another day after day, year after year, or in some cases, decades or after decades. And then when you step back and you examine where you are in your life, or you have, you know, one of those catastrophic life events that just forces you to take a hard look at where you are, you realize that you're pretty far away from where you set out to be and where you wanted to go in your life. And honestly, in a lot of ways, as hard as those situations are, they really can be a blessing. And while sure, they're a brutal slap in the face, and without a doubt, they're absolutely no fun at all, they are a wake-up call, and they help us in refocusing ourselves on the things that are desperately in need of attention. You know, something that jolts us out of our daily routine, you know, the routine that's causing us to live a life that's smaller than we wanted, that that is a real opportunity. And I think we need to recognize that and be grateful for it because when we get the opportunity to refocus and bring, you know, everything back into line and, you know, we get an opportunity to look at our beliefs and reset our goals and start down a different road, it's ultimately going to help us get to where we really want to be. So for many of us, you know, that the, the conversations that we've had in the mail that I get is about, you know, we've let our health slip, our fitness has slipped. We've watched our careers careen off the rails. But another really common problem for guys in their middle years is that their relationships have suffered, particularly with our wives and our long-term girlfriends. And, you know, relationships suffer from the same daily grind as the rest of our lives. And you have no idea how much mail I get from guys asking me, how they can fix their relationships that seem to be on autopilot. You know, nothing's necessarily wrong. I mean, in some cases they are, but, but, be, but both people are moving through the relationship like they're zombies. They become more like coworkers focused on a common mission rather than sharing a deep mutual attraction, you know, an affection that blossoms and gets richer over the years and decades rather than fades and just to a distant memory. So to bring some specificity to this, the number three question I get asked right behind number one, how can I fix my health and fitness? Number two, how can I fix my career? This is the third one, and it's how to reignite the intimacy in my relationship. So I thought today that we talk about this, and I know this is something that you guys are going to love, and it's a topic a lot of you've asked us to talk about. 
So that's why I've asked my buddy Sterling Struther to join us today. I met Sterling in an online mastermind group that we're in together. It's Lewis Howe's um, School of Greatness Academy. And if anybody's interested in joining, tell him I sent you. I highly recommend the group. Lewis is great and his coaching is phenomenal. But you know, even more than that, I find the people in the group to be absolutely amazing. I've met so many super talented and creative folks in that group. And we all just cross streams and contribute to one another's visions and goals. It's just absolutely amazing. Well, anyway, back to Sterling. He is a creative life coach by trade, and his mission is to inspire, motivate, and develop men to become better husbands, fathers, and leaders. He's formally trained as a developmental life coach, and he and his wife, Allison, have been married for 20 years, and they have three beautiful children that are ages 16, 15, and 7, and they get the opportunity to live in a very beautiful area in North Carolina where Sterling combines his developmental life skills with his tennis academy to develop and inspire his clients and get the most out of life's journey. So he's definitely a kindred spirit with what we're trying to do here at the Heroic Man Podcast. All right. So with all that, let me stop talking and say, welcome, Sterling. It is good to have you on the show, man. I am so excited, Brock. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Listen, you know, before we start really diving in and talking about this, you know, I want to talk about, you know, how you got into, you know, becoming a creative life coach. You know, I know most people don't start off in life knowing that that's where they want to go. And, yeah. And I'm curious to hear, man, what is your path? How'd you get here? You know, what have your struggles been? And, you know, how'd you overcome them? You know, what's interesting um, about that, Brock, it's it's such a multifaceted question for me. Um, I, I, I grew up in a, in my dad's a professional floral designer. And so I grew up in that industry, but I just always knew that just wasn't for me. And uh, as a kid, you know, I always was involved in a lot of different activities and sports and things like that. But, you know, as I got older, um, graduated from college, just I did a lot of different uh, things. I had my own businesses. Um, You know, I really was always really passionate about helping others you know, find their passion and, you know, all stem from relationships. I grew up in a great home and um, mom and dad and I have brothers and sisters. And so, you know, lots of family around. So I saw a lot of different types of relationships and, uh, you know, funny relationships. And uh, it was just interesting to me. So uh, getting into that creative life coach, I, I actually found myself going out to Seattle Washington to the Academy for Coach Training. And there I really found, kind of found myself, like what I was really, really good at, what I was really passionate about, which was really helping others um, discover, you know, the success that they wanted to have either in their relationships. And then that kind of bled into, I saw there was a distinct relationship between someone who had successful relationships, successful marriages, successful friendships, and successful like relationships in their family and how that equated to success in the business world or in their career. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting is there's so many people out there that are coaching others on how to meet people and get into relationships. You're really coaching people on how to make the most out of the relationships that they have. That's exactly right. And um, 
you know, being on the tennis court and coaching tennis, uh, uh, coaching players and even helping other coaches, there's so many similarities uh, in the, learning the game of tennis and then applying that to your own life, you know, there's you're out there by yourself and you're you're struggling to to you know beat your opponent, you know, and self control comes into mind, awareness, being aware of what's going on, uh, be, trusting your instincts is yeah. a very powerful, very powerful thing. So yeah, yeah, definitely. That's really interesting, and I you know I, I really like I really like the story about how. You know, you've you've got this this focus in terms of you know what your passion is, you know, and now you're trying to find that way to how to apply it and <clears throat> how to make it, um, you know, how to really kind of bring that gift forward to the rest of the world. Yes, it's a, it's a definitely a process and a journey. But what I'm finding is that if I if I tell my own story and I get into when I start talking to people and helping, um, especially guys, you know, trying to help them with their marriages, and they come to me and you know, I'm, I'm struggling here and there. Just they say, "Well, how did you do it?" And I say, "Well, you know, let me tell you a story." So mm-hmm. we we'll usually get into storytelling, and that's where the real power is, I believe, in transformation is when you're honest and you're transparent, and you're in a place where you just kind of open up and you're you open up to that vulnerability and trusting someone else with your story. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that working so much online, whether it's about, you know, personal transformations in terms of like health or fitness or anything. It's like when you put it all out there, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, people can really relate to that, you know, because they see, you know, that maybe where they are in their lives, you know, isn't so different from where, you know, you are, or you have been. And it shows them, I think that, that, that change is possible. That's exactly right. I mean, there's, we're not too far away from each other. I mean, we go through the similar things. You know, a wise man always said there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, there you go. So, you know, so many guys are asking about that question of reigniting the passion in their relationship. Why do you think this is such a common theme? I mean, how are so many of us getting off track with this? You know, I think that there's there's so much in the world today, and especially with the internet and technology and smartphones and you know, everything's smart. Every device we use is smart. Uh, it just takes our focus and attention, and we it's almost schizophrenic. <laughs> you know, it's no wonder our, our kids are ADHD and ADD. Is there's just so much information that's bombarding us on a daily, on our in our daily lives, and so I think we just kind of we get wrapped up in so many things that we lose focus on what's really important, what's really in front of us, starting with our wife and then our, our immediate family. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's not really about priorities because if you ask people what their priorities are in life, I mean, they just sort of run down the pat list of answers. That's right. But it's, well, but it's really about where they put their focus. That's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's one thing to list out what your priorities are. And it's quite another to decide which which ones are you going to focus on the most. And I'm convinced that, you know, helping others, inspiring others, uh, and even myself personally, I've got to define what is the most important thing in my life. And then how does that core uh, essence of that that one thing. How does everything else spring out 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 of that one thing? Right. So, how do you draw strength from it to to really then use it to fuel your life? Um, 
repeat that again. So like, so the, so I was saying like, how do you how do you then you know use it to um, you know to draw strength from it and then fuel it for the rest of your life? Um. Well, sometimes you just have to be quiet. <laughs> you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta shut off the computer and shut off the cell phone, and you've got to get away by yourself. I mean, I I think there's a there's a lot to be said about um, being able to be content with just yourself and get into a, a quiet whether it's an early in the morning or maybe late at night, you know, before you're about to go to bed, just You've got to have some time to reflect, and I think that there, because uh, there's so much coming at us, that gets snuffed out. That that small time of just reflecting, so that you can become aware of what's really going on in your life, and I think that that is where you really have to begin. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with like Stephen Covey and you know some of the stuff that he sure. wrote back in the day. You know, I mean, he talked about that that concept of you know the urgent versus the important. <clears throat> Yes. And we all get, and we go, we all get wrapped up in that. How do you, how do you find that making the important, how do you make time for the important things when all the urgent things seem to be, you know, weighing you down? Um, the urgent, well, you've got to define, you've got to define. Well, I mean, let I me mean, think about it. You've got, you got work, right? You got work and all of your, your issues at work in terms of, you know, projects need to be done, you know, this, this and that, and the other things on fire and everything seems to need your attention. And then, you know, if you're in these relationships and you have children that they take up all the rest of your time or it feels like they do. And, right. and so where does that leave time for you to sort of sit down and say, okay, wait, you know, my relationship is really one of the central focus points, focal points in my life. And I need to make time for that too. It's like, there's just so many hours in the day. How do you, how do you sort of reprioritize or not reprioritize in terms of what's important, but reprioritize your day and your time to make sure that you do take that time to make that happen. Well, I think, okay, specifically let's, let's just, let me just tell you a story kind of how, how I relate to my wife, Allison. Um, And the, one of the first things that I have to, or I have come to grips with is that my wife is my very best friend and she is, sort of the life of where I can expand out into whatever else I'm going to be doing. So, you know, my wife is first, my kids are second, and a lot of a lot of guy, you know, people don't look at it like that, but if you in reality is you and your wife were there before your kids were even there. So, you first of all you have to have the mentality, look, I've got to consciously understand that she is the most important one in my life. I mean, that's who I'm building a life with, with her. And so when you do that, you, you find these small moments throughout your day to communicate that. And when you do that, what's interesting is it's almost like a snowball things. You begin to get your, your other things done a little bit quicker, a little bit, things seem to flow a lot better. Um, I know for me, uh, when when everything's right and with my attitude toward my wife and and that pr- she's my priority, then I get things done faster. 
I mean, I, I seem to, things become more fluid. My time with my kids or um, my attention is, is solely on them for however long that might be. I mean, my schedule is pretty quick, crazy, so I don't have a nine to five job per se. So when I'm, I just, sometimes I have to just lay down something or get it done as much as I possibly can because now I've got to turn my attention to my kids or into, to my wife. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so for the guys who are in these relationships that have kind of wandered off course and that they're, you know, I mean, I hear it explained in so many different ways. I mean, so many people say, you know, it's like frozen or it's like, you know, it's one of these things where they feel like now they're just more of like, you know, coworkers on a, on a common mission to, you know, raise their kids and make, maintain their household than it is about being, you know, kind of husband and wife or, you know, just like you say, best friends and really connected like that. How do you get it started again? How do you, how do you kind of move back towards that? Well, I think that if you think back to when you first met the girl that you're married to, the first thing you did was you asked her out on a date or you tried to get this, you planned out something to do with her, just you and her. And so I think planning a date you know, um, surprising her with something that she really loves. And um, one of the things that I would do is if I planned a date with Allison, like the day, that, that specific day, I would actually send her some flowers and just say, hey, you know, looking forward to tonight. And uh, I, I would kind of almost say this is sort of a power play. You know, you're, you're, you're powerfully expressing your intent or you're really excited about what's coming up. So I think one of the things you can do is really plan a date. You know, a lot of, a lot of us guys, especially if we have our own businesses or we're really uh, committed to where we're working, um, we, we lose sight of that, you know, with the, with all the hustle and bustle and we have kids and we just forget that planning some alone time with your wife, taking her out or, um, just maybe making dinner at home and having the kids, you know, if you have somewhere they can go, like your grandparent, uh, some grandparents, or even hire a sitter, and then you have you go out. So, I think that would be a good step. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I think it really demonstrates a couple of things too. I mean, one is is that is that first off, you, you are breaking the routine, right? Because if so much of life is just marching down this path of routine, it's like you're going to, yeah. you know, snap it out of the routine just by doing this one thing that feels different. Not only did you plan it, you know, right. but that you've also, like you said, stated your intent <clears throat> that this is different than everything, than the rest of the way we do things. Exactly. I mean, we just came off Valentine's Day. So it's almost like Valentine's Day, it interrupts our lives, whether we like it or not. <laughs> I mean, Valentine's Day is coming, February 14th. So it almost forces guys sometimes to, to, to like you said, just it, it literally interrupt their routine. Um, so I think coming off Valentine's Day is really good. Uh, you can springboard off that. Um you know, it's pretty special around here, but honestly, I mean, I'm like that every week. I mean, it's, I just, I want, I don't want to just have that special day once a year. You know, it's got to be uh, consistent. And so it starts with the mentality, you know, what do you really want? Um, and you go from there. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I think it's a continuum, right? Because I think that, you know, if you are, you know, if you have somebody who's, who's done this as a, you know, let's call it a daily practice, right. Of now that you've built this type of relationship and that you have, 
you know, you've, you've made the investments and you have what, what so many guys I think out there are looking to get, you know, some of them are, you know, way over here to the point where they feel like, you know, it is, this thing is a giant block of ice. <clears throat> so it's like, you know, I need to take steps that are moving me towards that, but you know, you don't, you can't like, you know, you still, you can't pour like steaming boiling water all over it all at once too, because that, that'll be so different right. that it well, will seem way out. It's, you've got to, you've got to kind of start, um, Start. You have to be authentic in whatever approach you you are you have towards your wife. You know, let's say things are haven't been all that great, and it's kind of like you said, it's it's like a block of ice. It's kind of cold. You've got to start off slow. You know, the first thing I would say is, you know, put on a smile when you walk in from a long day. I know that's tough, mm-hmm. but you gotta you gotta come into the house and you know maybe use your use your drive home or something like that and kind of debrief yourself before you get home and then come in and, you know, look for ways to show um, your wife affection. For instance, I'll come in sometimes and Allison's in the kitchen and she's cooking dinner and I'll just walk by her and pinch her in the butt, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or I'll, you know, reach around and just, you know, kiss her on the cheek or, you know, just um, do something that's subtle but doesn't it's not like over the top like okay so now what what's he what's he looking for now but it's just something that's authentic and something that you know if you reflect on when you were dating you know the girl that you're married to now um, you did a lot of these things I mean they weren't these aren't foreign things to us guys I mean we you know we know how to you know woo. We knew how to woo our wife. That's why we're married married to her now. So we've got to really get back and try to remember. And it may be, this may take some time. You know, it may not happen overnight. But if you get the ball rolling, it's a lot easier to push it mm-hmm. once it's rolling. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and again, you know, from, from the conversation that I've had with, you know, some of the folks in the audience, you know, that, that a lot of them are asking very specifically about sex, right? And and it, and it, to a guy, I think you know that passion means something much different than it means to a woman. At least, at least initially, right? So right. I think for so many guys that they think that that begins, you know, with sex, you know. But right. for women, it seems like it's almost the opposite. They need all of that other stuff that's, to kind of get them to there. So that's seems, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like I, we're I, at this weird. Said, in, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, my wife says this, she said this to me. It was so true. When I heard, it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good." She says, "Guys are like microwaves, and women are like crockpots." <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And so, like you said, you know, it doesn't take a, a bombardment of a ton of things to warm your wife up. It, it takes sincerity and to be authentic, to be creative. You know, one of the things I did uh, for uh, Allison one time, we were, it was actually our anniversary. And I think it was about six or seven years. And uh, she was working. No, no, no. It wasn't that long. It was before we had kids. So it was probably like two and a half years. And uh, she was working and she came home in the afternoon. Well, I had taken off work early. I came home. I went and got a ton of like rose petals. I just sprinkled the rose petals along the driveway and then up into where along the sidewalk up to the door. And then when she walked in, 
uh, she just found herself following these rose petals, and in each section there was maybe like a little note or a candle, and uh, just a little note said, hey, go this way, and just, you've got to be creative. I mean, guys, Look, we, we do all kinds of creative day, creative things every day for our jobs. We're trying to figure out how to sell this or how to market this. I mean, come on, guys. We, we can do this. That's what I tell the guys I talk to. And so through conversation, you're able to figure things out. And sometimes you need someone to help you sort of kind of go through that process. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think part of it, too, is, you know, you kind of almost have to condition yourself to think like a woman a little bit. <laughs> well, that helps. Well, you I mean, know what I mean? I mean, seriously, I mean, in terms of, I mean, you know what you, you know what you want you like, and you know what makes you happy and you know where you want to go, you know, exactly. but sometimes I think you need to get into her head and say, right. what does she need? What does she want? You know, how, right. how does she see this? And we did that when we were dating them. Right. You know, we asked them questions about themselves and what do you really like? And, and we took them places and we tested it. You know, did she really like that? You, you, you're kind of reflecting on you're going somewhere, you take them somewhere and you can kind of get that vibe where they really enjoy themselves or whether they didn't. So you just have to, you know, remember those things. And, and sometimes you just have to flat out ask them, you know, mm-hmm. what was it? Yeah, I asked Allison the other day. I mean, when's the, what do you what what is like the funnest day you ever went on with me? And just let them talk and listen. And sometimes, guys, we need to sit back and we just need to listen, and not try to like offer up, you know, a solution or right. to to what's what they really want. So right, because we're so conditioned to try to fix whatever seems oh, to be wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think the number one reason is is why men are unsuccessful at having, you know, this incredible sex life with their wife or their, you know, their long-term girlfriend? So I, I, I believe that honestly, we have started to date something else in our lives. Okay. Okay. So we started dating, you know, our jobs, our careers. And, and if you think about the word dating, I mean, obviously, it's really a term that's used where two people are actively pursuing one another for, like, companionship. Right. And, um, you know, but when you're dating someone, you're expending a lot of energy and a lot of focus to determine whether you, like, enjoy this person or even someone that you're, you since you're falling in love with and you want to spend the rest of your life with. So, but can you date something else, like something that's not human. Well, of course you could. You you can expend a lot of energy and time on even finding your purpose in life. I mean, I, I or, or volunteering, you know, I was I was in a job and then I was I was I had a job 40 45 hours a week. And then I had a, a volu- I was volunteering for another 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, my whole focus and energy was toward these other things and um, my volunteer work was actually like ministry serving other people, you know, uh, trying to help other people. And yet this, what I, what I, after I, I, I knew something was kind of not right, you know, with Allison, I just didn't feel that connection. And it's because that I was just being drained and pulled, even trying to do good for other people. But I was draining all that energy out of that relationship with Allison. And, and it's interesting. She, she finally said, look, Strong, this is not working. <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'm, I feel like I'm a single mom at home. You know, my, our kids are young, two and four. And, you know, 
and she kind of said, you have to draw a line in the sand, which was, which is interesting. You know, sometimes our, our, our lady will do that. You know, they'll step up and say, hey, look, you're going to have to choose. But a lot of times that they, you know, sometimes they, they just don't. They get, maybe, our, maybe they respond in this way. Our ladies start doing other things. They start hanging out with other ladies or they start, you know, finding a hobby or even find a job. And when that starts happening, you really got to take inventory because you're like, wait a minute, you know. So I, I really, I had to make a choice. I literally said, I literally stopped all the volunteer work completely. I said, you know what? I've got I've got my job, and that's what I'm doing right now. And then I'm going to devote. And it's interesting. I started doing some of these little things and just started showing affection in small ways. Um, just you know, began to show her attention, mm-hmm. um, opening the door for her, telling her I love her. You know, a lot of times, you know, guys, you know, we we know we. We hope and know that our wives love us, but you know what? They really need to hear it. They yeah. need to hear us say it, and um, you know, and then follow up. We've got to show it as well. So that was uh, really cool. That was a really one, probably one of the most pivotal points in my marriage is when I had to make a decision of what I really wanted. And when I chose that, man, I never looked back. Yeah. I'm not letting anything else. Uh, you know, as much as 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 much as I'm involved in what I'm trying to do with my business, and I have three children, sixteen, fifteen, and seven, so you know, <laughs> um, I still ha- I still step back, even even if I'm riding down the road in the middle of the day, I'm 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 taking inventory. Okay, where's my f- where where's my energy? Where's my focus? And is this a balanced life that I'm living? Um, and that's really important. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting that once, you know, I guess there's two, there's two things I want to talk to you about, the, about what you did, the story you just told. But, but sort of the first one is, is that, okay, from the point where, you know, you had this wake-up call, how long did it take you to get back on track? Honestly, it took about a month. Really? And the reason why it didn't take that long is because before, th- this period of time lasted about nine or ten months. Um, but it was, we were probably, you know, I, I would say we were probably about seven, eight years into our marriage. And then we, I dated Allison for six years and then engaged for one year. So mm-hmm. actually we've been together for 15 at this point, mm-hmm. um, together solid. And, um, so it didn't take very long because as the man, I'm kind of the, I'm, as the man, I'm kind of the pace setter. Okay. I set the tone. For my marriage, I set the tone for my family. It kind of starts with me, honestly. And when I decided that I was going to really turn my attention back, and I started thinking about what I used to do when I was dating her. I used to think about how I used to just set aside some time and we I would take her for coffee or I would say, hey, let's let's go out and, you know, Let's just go out and have some dinner. Doesn't have to be fancy. Let's just go spend some time together. Right. And and it didn't take very long, Brock, honestly, because I already had some I'd already built a great relationship with Allison before that. And it didn't take it didn't take long at all to just get back on track. So I just I, I referred back to what I used to do before that happened. And uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Interesting. And the other thing that you were talking about 
that I really wanted to kind of focus in on is it sounds like, you know, when, you know, she sat you down and she said, Hey, listen, this is a problem. And, you know, we really need to, you know, make some changes that, you know, that was a big, you know, that was an opportunity, you know, that was an opportunity for you to hear what she was actually saying to you. Yes. And I know a lot of guys don't hear it. They may make excuses about like, Hey, you know what? This is important, and this is important for our kids or our family, or you know, this is you know, forging relationships that we're gonna, you know, are important to us, and la 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 la, you know. And they try to explain away, you know, the way that she's feeling, and they sort of blow right by that. And then another, another opportunity comes by, and you know, so you know, you're three or four or five or ten <laughs> opportunities, then right. you know, and then and then you something happens, like you say, either you know, she gets a job, she pulls away, you know, there's you know massive trouble in the relationship and it's on the edge of crashing, you know, and then somebody goes, Oh wait, maybe I should have done something about this. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that when she was, when that happens and your wife is, 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 is honestly looking you in the eye and saying, we, something's going on and something needs to change. As men, we get very defensive sometimes because we feel like that we're not, maybe our wife hasn't appreciated what we've already done. I mean, we work really hard, you know, if we work really hard and we're showing up on time at our jobs and we're, we're putting everything, all our energy into it and the bills are getting paid, hey, what's the problem? You know, we get defensive when they bring that up and, and that is like the worst place we could go. And I would say that, honestly, to be really brutal about this, is that when we become defensive as men, we're really being selfish mm-hmm. and self-centered. And we're really in more in love with ourselves than in love with our wives at that point because we're, we're, we're putting up a wall and we're going, you know what, I don't want to hear it. I've done all I can do. You know, you don't appreciate me. And we just, we just go down that rabbit hole of just like really making it worse and not making it better. Um, you know, if we want our wives to listen to us and really understand who we are, we've got to do, we've got to do the, listen to them first. And just a lot of times, you know, your, your lady will actually send signals out that are nonverbal and we know what they look like. We know what they feel like. And that we've got to really pay attention to that. Really, let's say sometimes we have eyes and we cannot see. You know, we have ears and we cannot hear. Sometimes we've got to lift the scales off our eyes and go, you know, you know what, guy? It's not all about you and what you want. Um, you first, you know, we're, gonna, we're going to be fulfilled when we really reach out and give unconditionally to our wives. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's not a two-way street here. It's, it's us together. We're walking one way. You know, it's it's we're attached to one another. I mean, we're physically, mentally, spiritually. You know, when we said "I do" and when we committed at the at at um, when we got married, you know, we made a commitment to one another to walk together, to to be together till death do us part, sickness and health. I mean, you know, that's why reflecting on those things is very important because we go, okay. Am I really loving myself more than I'm loving my wife? Because here's here's the key: when you love your wife, you are loving yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, that's huge. So I remember my, Allison sat. Uh, Allison was just I was. She was really upset about something one day, and I didn't really know what I did. 
honestly. And most of the time, we as guys, we, we don't know what we did to really upset our ladies. And so uh, I had to sit her down one day, and I said, because she shut down. She stopped, she stopped communicating with me, and everything was kind of short, uh, short answers. And I'd say, what's wrong? She would say, nothing. Well, that's a sure sign there's something wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's on the first page of the guidebook. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I looked at her and I said, it was a revelation for her because I looked at her and said this, Allison, I know we've been together for a long time. And this was after, this was probably about after 15 years of being together, about seven, eight years. Shortly after, maybe a year after this whole situation where I had to step back and have that opportunity, I said, Allison, I can't read your mind. As much as you think that I can and as much as you believe the potential that I have <laughs> to read your mind, I cannot read your mind. I don't, I don't know. And I, I really honestly said, I don't know what I did. Can you please tell me what I did? So you've got, you can't close me out. You can't shut it down. You've got to tell me so that I can, can make a change. And it was interesting, Brock, is she looked at me and she goes, you know what? She was, I actually assumed you knew what was wrong, like what you did. I said, I have no idea. So this started this, this communication, this conversation. And we spent about the next 45 minutes to an hour just talking and she told me, well, you know, it was when you did this, and it was when you did And you know what's interesting, Brock? It was nothing I did that was big. Mm-hmm. It was small little things that I, wa- I wasn't doing that I used to do in the past that really just tweaked her. And it's not the, it's not the, the big things that spoil. It's the little small things that you maybe sometimes you neglect or oversee. Yeah, the biggest difference. Yeah, definitely. You you know what's interesting about what you just said, and I think, and I think it's it's really a a very important point of this is that when you said that to her, you know, when you when you said, you know, I can't read your mind. I need to know. You know, I mean, you were you were you were essentially making yourself. You were leaning way way in on this thing in terms of like. I think just being all, you know, being very vulnerable about. Yeah, brother. I was all in. And you got to be all in. I mean, who else are you going to be all in to? Really? I mean, dude, you can't be all in to your buddies at the bar. All right. You can't be all in with your buddies like, you know, at the fantasy football, you know, draft pick. I mean, come on. You, you, who else are you going to be all into? Right. Because this is the most powerful relationship on the, on the face of the earth. I mean, look what we're able to do out of this type of relationship. We're actually t- able to create life, recreate life, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 create re- create for us a legacy. Right. That's gonna that's gonna live. You know, whatever we do on this earth, whatever we, how, whatever business we we form, and 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 just as much as we um, we contribute to this to this life. The real, the only real legacy we're going to leave is going to be left within our children. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think that's a real. I mean, I think that's yet another opportunity, right? Because it seems to me that that you led with strength, but at the same time that you are also exposing your vulnerability. You know, and I think that that so many. I mean, I, I think guys and, and I think men and women are both guilty of this. Is that sometimes it's just easier not to say it, you yes. know, and then just wait for it to go away than it is to actually, you know, lead in that situation. Right. And brother, it's not going to go away. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's, not. it's not. But that particular that particular incident might go away. But that yes, just goes in the bank account, right? That's exactly. It just keeps building. You know, right. it's it just it's tugged away, and then things built, and then another thing built on top of that. It's like bricks, just brick upon brick upon brick upon brick, and sooner or later, it's a weight that's, whew, and then that's when things blow up, and uh, then you're like, well, what happened? Well, it was those little things, those little bricks that had just been built up. Now it's a big mound of weight. Um, you know, what's interesting about being vulnerable is that is actually the very place of creativity and joy and passion. I mean, that's, you know, being vulnerable is actually the greatest place of being strong. You know, that's really where strength comes from. I mean, we... We've been told all our lives as guys, you know, don't cry. It's a sign of weakness. No. Like, tears are actually a sign of strength because you're, you're, really, um, you're really strong when you're weak. Mm-hmm. And when you think you're strong, dude, that's when you're the weakest. Yeah. Because you know, when, when you think you're strong, you're full of pride. And pride is, is really detrimental because, you know, Pride comes right before destruction, and having a haughtiness, a haughty spirit, comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. So when you're prideful, you're extremely vulnerable to to falling, or you know, dis- destruction coming. And when you're humble, you know, when you have a heart of, of humility, and that doesn't, dude. I'm, I'm a strong dude. I mean, when you meet me in person, you're like that dude. He's not. He's not flaky. And he is not, you know, girly. (laughs) I mean, there's, you know, but I'm sensitive. But sensitivity is is a sign of just is it's been attributed to like weakness. But sensitivity is really manliness. Yeah. Well, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive, right? Because I mean, it seems to me that what you when you did that, right? When you said that to her in that way. That it was really, it was a strong way to lead, right? It was, it was, you took initiative and you said, listen, I, I see something going on here and I, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to, I'm going to lead in this situation. But you did that by essentially, by, you know, kind of opening yourself up and saying, I have no idea, you know, what this is. And, you know, I need you to tell me, I need you to, I need you to tell me what it is that I've, that I've done, you know, to, to, to do this, you know, to, to, to make you, to get you in the state. You know, so you really kind of put yourself out there for her, you know, but you did it right. You, you took that initiative. So it doesn't yeah. seem to me that that vulnerability has to like, you know, imply that it's the opposite of strength. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's, you know, people think of vulnerability as like being the core of like shame. Right. But or that actually, there's something wrong or that yeah. there's something wrong. Exactly. And um, sometimes, I mean, that, that can be the case. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not rooting that out. But there's a big difference between being shameful and being honest and vulnerable or honest and sensitive mm-hmm. and, um, and really putting yourself out there. Um, you know, shame actually, when you, it, when you don't confront things, you're actually in a state of shame. Because you're trying to protect yourself from being hurt. And so you put up a wall. And so for me to actually say that to her, first of all, I was completely honest. I'm like, I really don't know what I did or what I said. 
And I'm not just trying to patronize you. I'm really, honestly, I have no idea. And a lot of times as guys, because we, because we feel this need to provide, we feel a need to provide for our families and to be the, the strength of our families, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we find ourselves, you know, shying away from opening up. But really, it's the shame that what is what unravels connection. It literally unravels it. And you think, I think about that word unravel, for instance, like if you're peeling an orange mm-hmm. and you try to do it with just one piece mm-hmm. unraveling, like not, not just a couple of pieces, but take a knife and shave that skin off the, off the orange and you go around and around and around until you have one piece right at the end right, and, it, and, and it's unraveled, right? Yeah. So I think of connection. Okay, connection, I'm connected with my wife. And when I'm shameful, when I don't approach um, out of, if I don't lay myself down and go, I'm just going to be honest and say it. Then mm-hmm. what happens is I'm, I'm, be, I'm, I'm holding back and there's a place of, of shamefulness. And so I'm never going to, I'm never, it's going to unravel any connectedness, connectedness if that's already there between her. So, yeah. Do you, do you think fear is a big part of it too? Because I, I, yeah. I, I think that has to be a, a, a playing a part here. I think, I think, sh- I think fear comes out of shame. Um, and, um, because when, when we're fearful, we're really trying, we're really protecting ourselves. We're, we're, we're really, it's a sign of we're putting up a wall and I don't want to be hurt. And so, um, you know, there's one thing to be like afraid of the dark Right. Right. Yeah, I don't want to go in there because I think you know the boogeyman is going to get me, or, or for little kids, or you know, I just I'm fearful of going. But when we fear as adults, it's like I don't want to. I'm fearful of 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 going down that path because I don't want to be hurt. Because ultimately, we all want to be loved and accepted, you know, for who we are. And f- all fear does is it keeps us from being who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really stems out of a place of shame, sh- being shameful, of letting other people know who we are. Yeah, definitely. Because we might, we might reveal something in our own mind that we think, oh, that's horrible. But what person in your life is the one that's there to accept you for who you are? It should be, it should be your wife, you know, and... I know that the only way that I've been able to develop the kind of relationship that I have with my wife is I've been able to be completely transparent and honest and tell her secrets that no one else knows. And when you tell secrets, you create a sacred environment, not a shameful environment. You know, there's certain things that Alice and I know about each other that no one else on the planet knows. Mm -hmm. And that is a very powerful thing because when you have secrets between you and your wife, you're able, there is so much strength between the two of you and there's so much trust and um, that the intimacy that's born out of that is amazing. Um, and then that, that leads you into, you know, why, why, you know, having sex with your wife is so powerful. I mean, having sex is the most powerful force on the earth. Um, but if you, 
it, there's a difference in a, in a sacred environment versus a shameful environment. Okay, talk to me more about that. So it's interesting. I mean, if you if you go all the way back to the beginning, you know, or you know what we believe, a lot of us believe is the beginning. So let's just take the story of Adam and Eve, just out of out of the way. We'll take that story. What's interesting is that. When they, the story goes that when they were together, they were naked and not ashamed. And then when they, 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 what's interesting is God said, you know, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and of good and evil. What's interesting is Eve ate the fruit first, but when you read it, it says that her eyes weren't open. It says that she gave the fruit to Adam and he ate it. And then it says both their eyes were open. Now, that's very interesting to me because it just showed me how, you know, when God created Eve, he created Eve out of Adam. He created, he took a rib from Adam and fashioned her. So she came out of him as a part of him. And so they were already one. They already came from one, one source, okay? So when she ate of the fruit, her eye, it says that her eyes weren't open. It just says she gave it to Adam and he ate it. Both their eyes were open. So the connection there was already oneness. Now, what's interesting is when they ate it, the first thing they felt was shame. Because we know that because the evidence of shame is they hid themselves. You know, they fashioned fig leaves, you know, for clothing. And so they felt the shame. So it's almost like this sacred environment was broken by a choice. It was just a choice. And I think that as husbands today, if when we make good choices or we the lack of good choices to be committed to our wives, then we're creating a shameful environment. And you know, even you know, having sex in a shameful environment is actually can un, it unravels connection <laughs> the exact opposite of what do you think is doing but when we're vulnerable to each other and we have this we have this conversation going you know we have this uh, this dating type you know relationship where I'm I'm looking at you and that you know I'm really trying to as, as, as my wife I'm, I'm really trying to connect with you mentally and um, sort of on the spiritual level where we're trying to understand each other. Um, then, you know, so that, to me, that story is, there's a big, there's a lot of revelation in that when it comes to shameful and sacred environments. Um, sacred environments are ones that, you know, there are secrets between you and your wife. Um, it's it's a pure environment. In other words, there's real commitment. There's, um, there's a safe, it's safe. You know, I can tell I can tell my wife things that I know are going to stay with her, and um, because I trust her. And then when we don't keep those things sacred, we go outside of that of that. We take that secret and we take it outside of that sacred environment that we created with the secret with our wife, or the wives do it, whatever. It it causes friction, and again. That's something you have to work through and trust in, in a place of trust, so it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's interesting because you know one of the things I'm hearing, kind of in your story, is it seems to me when you have those secrets and when when you don't have that connection at such a deep level, is that sex really exposes that gap. It really does. Yeah, and, and it actually unravels the connectedness because 
then it's like, well, you know, he, he just he just always wants to have sex with me. You know, he's, he's just a maniac, you know. Or, you know, she's never, she's never wants me, you know. And so there's almost this resentment sure. um, that occurs. And so, and the first sign of that is, this, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, the sign of that or, or the fruit of that is you just, you're not having sex very often, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get I get that all the time or ever. I mean, ever is, is also a thing. And, it, you know, and, it, and the stories, and the stories vary, but, you know, but essentially it would go down the same a road like, you know, everything seems okay. Everything's fine. We don't fight. Right. You know, we don't, you know, right. nothing's wrong, you know, but this is gone and I don't know how to get it back. And I, you know, and neither one of us are, are, you know, and when, you know, and then there's also the variance of the story. It says, you know, you know, it was just, we have different libidos, you know, it's like, I want it. She doesn't. And I don't, and so the question becomes how much of this is sort of the relationship and psychological versus how much of this is really biological? Well, I, I am totally convinced um, just by, you know, I know that, you know, people say, well, Sterling, you just, you just married an unbelievable girl. I mean, she's just, you know, right. you won the, you won the lotto. Yeah. Right. yeah. You won the lotto, dude. You just, but look, I'm serious about this. I am convinced that your emotional, your, your, your emotional state and just your, your heart, you know, your attitude, that spiritual part of you, that attitude, that will, um, the just the heart of you, the passion of you. That's your, that that's the spiritual side. Is t- it totally will absolutely affect the physical part of you, the physical metabolical part of you. I mean, look, you can go pretty much. You can go research this on your own. I mean, I heard this story one time. This guy had like stage three, stage four cancer. Doctor said it's you're it's over for you, dude. You're you're not going to make it. This is an old story, and I'm not really sure. I'm sure I could find it if I Googled it. But basically, what he did was he goes, okay, whatever. He went and rented the three every single episode of the Three Stooges because he's like a big Three Stooges fan. Uh-huh. You know, the three guys, man, playing, you know, coming down on each other. Sure, every yeah, yeah. every guy knows. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Stooges, right? Dude watched them for like a few months. Totally healed. Really? Yeah, totally healed in his body. Well, why? Well, there's certain endorphins that when you're when you're in a state of happiness, a state of contentment, a state of peace, your brain actually releases these endorphins. And our bodies were actually created to heal themselves. And you know that's why there's so there's such a big thing on uh, you know eating healthy and eating from the earth and you know organic and all this. Well, there's a reason why because when you put good things in your body, like food, when you put good food or, or water in your body, your body is transformed and it begins to you know function in its in, it, in its the way it was created. Well, your mind literally can because of the chemicals, the powerful chemicals, and I, I did some study on uh, the flow state. Um, oh yeah. With, um, yeah. Uh, sure, with your athletes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah the whole thing there. Um, your mental state literally can drive you. I mean, all of it stems back to choice. You know, what are you going to choose first? And then from there, you, 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 you kind of launch from that, that pad, you know, that springboard of choice. And I have literally experienced, uh, people I've worked with, um, even family members 
where they they got into a, a an amazing state of mind and an amazing a, a good place where they are making good decisions and they're literally their physical you know timetable and the way they felt changed um you know the, we've always heard that when there's a will there's a way mm-hmm. well that's true man that's why people say it cuz it's true and i'll tell you this brock you know uh, there have been times where you know we haven't my wife and i haven't felt like physically we've actually felt physically sick and man we you know we basically heal ourselves, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. No, I mean, sure. we, came, yeah. we came together, you know, mm-hmm. and that moment, and literally, it was like, it literally set us on a course where we started feeling better in our bodies. And my wife always teases me because she says, Sean, do you think sex is like the answer to everything? You know, physically, mentally, spiritually. I'm like, well, in a sacred environment, yes. I really believe that it's that powerful. Um, because, you know, if you think back, you know, you think about if you think about the time that that moment, it is actually the. But I would consider it, humbly, as probably the closest you'll ever get on Earth to touching heaven itself. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in that moment, man, nothing else matters, Brock. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. I mean, your world could be falling apart around you. You know, bills are just stacking up. But in that moment, you do not care. Everything is well with the world and with your life. Now, of course, you know, afterwards things start bombarding you again, but that's when you've got to remind yourself what's important. And then it kind of, you can begin to set your priorities straight when you have a clear sense of connectedness with your wife, when there's true connection and there's that deep connection. Um, yeah. Things start falling into place. I've seen it happen more times than once, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm really interested in that because, you know, I, I read one of your blog posts where you're really saying essentially that, you know, that your theory about having sex regularly is kind of the I chi of everything that you want and need out of life, right? It's That's like, right. you know, health yeah. and mental acuity and, you know, physically, spiritually, you know, and kind of even reading between the lines, I saw it as, you know, right. social and masculine confidence that you can kind of take into the other areas of your life. Sure. You know, the thing that, that was kind of really, really coming out of that to me, though, is that, you know, that one of the things where you're saying, like, you know, the bills are piling up, you know, you got problems here, there and everywhere. But, you know, but this, you know, this makes it all, you know, work <laughs> because you keep it in perspective. But it seems to me that, that once you feel like you have that bond and that connection, it's like the rest of it, it's while it's important and it needs to be dealt with. It's like no matter how it falls out, you know, you know, you're going to be OK. Bro, uh, yes, I- Absolutely, bro. I'll give you a perfect example, personal example. So in this time where I'm transitioning from, you know, trying to find myself, trying to find my purpose in life. I mean, one of my biggest flaws is I'm passionate about everything. (laughs) Right. The entrepreneur's ADD problem. Yeah, yeah, right. As a a kid, I was growing up, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with authority. But I was always like, you know what, I'm just, I don't feel like doing that. I really feel like blazing my own path on here. So I kind of had that entrepreneur heart. And, you know, as I'm going through these jobs, I'm like, you know what, I just can't work for anybody else. And I've got to blaze my own path. Well, we were in a time, it was transition. I was actually in a job where I, I, I thought this is exactly what I was, this was my calling per se. This is what I'm supposed to do in life. And literally, they, I got fired. Okay, so 
<laughs> Man, talking about having having your signals crossed, huh? Make more money than I've ever made in my life, and I get fired, right? Yeah, uh, right. Things are going crazy. So the first question, Allison looks at me, and she goes, okay, what are we going to do? I go, she goes, are we going to go to the beach? Because we're supposed to go to the beach for a week and, like, a week later. I'm like, of course we're going to the beach. What, are you crazy? So we're going, We're what else are we going to do, right? So we go to the beach, and... You know, we're we're sitting there on the on the beach, and uh, she's reading a magazine. I'm reading something, and all of a sudden, I just start laughing out loud. Start laughing, and she looks at me. She pulls her magazine down. She looks at me and smiles. She goes, "Yeah, I know." But that's what I'm talking about. Like that, mm-hmm. we had established that deep connection. She understood this. There's only two things you can do at that point, either laugh or cry. And basically, we just chose to laugh, you know, because this too shall pass. I mean, this storm is going to pass. So we go to the ATM. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? We wanted some cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me go to the ATM. Let put my card in. It was like it laughed at me. It was like negative three, <laughs> $3 in the bank. Yeah, right. Negative $3, right? I got, a, I got a mortgage and I got two kids at this point. Okay, so this is no joke. I mean, I, this is this is the real deal. Oh yeah, right. It's so serious. I go. I go. Well, let me see if I can scrounge up some change around here. So I go, and we're scrounging up. She's taking pennies out of a jar, and I go to my golf bag, and I look down in there, and I'm fiddling around, and I I feel some some paper. I'm like, that feels like money. So I pull it out. It's a twenty dollar bill. I walk in the other room, I look at Alice, and I hold the $20 bill up above my head like a, like one of those old uh, uh, jukeboxes, uh-huh. you know, kind of like in that movie, Say Any, Anything. Yeah, right. right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, and I go, we're back in the game. <laughs> and dude, she died laughing. And we just sat there and laughed about it. And we got some, we got some cheesecake, never, nevertheless. But it was, one, it was that moment that, you know, you have the thing about the thing about having sex with your wife in this sacred environment is it it creates so much um, sensitivity and passion and just youthfulness, um, and it literally can sustain. I mean, it, it gets you through those moments. I mean, I can tell you that you know the one, uh, we we laugh all the time because we're like you know what we don't have anything but we love each other so right. you know and it, and we came out of it. You know, it's it, out of that, out of those moments together, um, we, I was able to get clear direction. I started to, to get ideas and, and I started act on those ideas and those creative impulses to create, uh, you know, what I really love to do, which is, you know, inspire people through, you know, just creative coaching, whether it's in their personal life, um, on the tennis court and things just began to just, build over time and i can tell you brock it's it's not it's not like it's gone up and it just keeps going up i mean there's been waves of this you know we'll we'll be on this large we've climbed this big mountain and we're up here on this mountaintop and all of a sudden we feel like we feel our lives are descending mm-hmm. you know going into another valley where we need to learn something new and um, a friend of mine who travels all around the world singing and, and just uh, telling stories, he said, Strawn, he goes, look, he goes, man builds bridges. They try to build bridges from mountaintop to mountaintop, but God builds the valleys, bro. Mm-hmm. He goes, so when you feel like you're coming down off that mountain, he goes, don't worry. He goes, you just got to go through a valley so you can climb a higher mountain. And I'll never forget that. So as a man, I don't try to build bridges 
from my mountaintop experiences to my mountaintop experiences because then I'm 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 not I'm trying to shortcut the learning process and it's really the process that really is you get the most out of yeah right because that's where strength comes from right I mean that's 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 where that's where we grow we don't grow through our successes we grow in our failures and going back to the fear that's where fear is squashed fear is squashed in the valleys okay right and because we we learn what what we're really all about and 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 I, and the pride goes away very quickly you know and humbleness you know, humility comes comes into play at that point and so that's why that's why I was saying that the place of humility is the place of strength because that's really the place where you're learning to right. be to be better right and it seems yeah. to me that that's where that's where confidence really plays a role because the confidence isn't about <clears throat> The confidence isn't about, you know, that I've, you know, I'm here, I've arrived, I've, you know, done all these things. The confidence is really about that I have what it takes to withstand those challenges and to overcome them. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's where, that's where confidence is. I mean, you know, when you, I I tell, I tell, and I tell this to, to my junior players all the time, we're on the tennis court. I say, look, I said, there's a big difference between failure and setback. You know, failure is dropping your racket at my feet and going, coach, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm done. So really failure is just born of quitting. That's right. You know, but a setback is you're, you're attempting to, 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 you know, to hit, the, hit, you know, attempting to get your serve better, you know, make, you know, have a better forehand, have a better backhand. But in life, you know, you're, you're trying to have a better relationship with your wife. You're trying to make sure you're, you're staying on track with what's really important. And so you're going to have setbacks, okay? But you've got to make adjustments. That's what I tell them. Uh, that's where adjusting comes into play. And uh, when you make adjustments, you have some other setbacks. But then eventually what happens is you just you grow in confidence, uh, because you 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 see these little victories here along the way, and when you get these small victories, you've got to take notice of them because that's where your confidence comes from. That's how it's built. So you know what's interesting though is that you know we talk about that, and it's like if you were carrying that burden alone, you know that whole situation that happened with you and you and your job, and I know a lot of guys are you know listening to the show that they're going through that right now. I mean, it's been a tough you know been a tough tough economy i think since you know 2008 but even beyond that i think the whole nature of work is changing and the guys who have what you're talking about in that relationship they don't feel the need they need to feel they'll need to fix it so i don't mean i don't want to diminish that but they don't feel the need to carry that burden alone and very privately as much as like what you were just talking about and it seems to me that once you have kind of that connectedness, like what you were talking about, it really opens up a whole new world of possibilities in terms of, you know, creativity and problem solving. And, you know, how are we going to get, you know, how are we going to deal with this as opposed to how am I going to maintain, you know, what you've come to expect from me? Well, yes, absolutely. Um, When we know that there's someone that is right there with us, that's walking with us through, and it's not just our struggle. You know, I, I, it's another thing is, you know, as manly man, men, 
we want to, you know, I'm the man, I need to take the responsibility and the responsibility is on my shoulders. Right. And it's, we don't live in a day anymore, Brock, like our, like maybe our parents and grandparents lived in. I mean, it's a, it's a completely new world out there because everything, you know, the internet has opened up in an enormous amount of possibilities. So, but some things never change. When we know that we have someone that's walking with us, that we're deeply connected to in the sense that we can share, we can share what's exactly on our heart and they're not going to beam us over side of the head with that. They're not going to come down on us and say, well, you're just a failure. You know, you just, (laughs) if you would just do this and if you would just do that, you know, um, you know, my dad used to put that on us sometimes, you know, well, if you just, you know, if you just live right, you, you just know, focus, yeah, yeah, right. focus, right. <laughs> but, and, and there's, and there's some truth in that. I'm not meaning that it's just sometimes the way you say something is more important than what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. and, and so when you know that someone's there and they're going to support you and they're going to be, be with you and they're going to look at you and say, you know what? It doesn't matter where, what, what life's journey that we find ourselves on. I'm always going to be there with you. I'm always going to support you. And we're in this together. And when you know that you're in this together with your wife, it's amazing what happens to your kids. I mean, it's so funny because my kids, they make fun of me and Allison all the time. You know, I'm in there and, you know, and I'm, you know, smooching on her in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, because your your kids are at the age where you embarrass them with everything you do. Please, you know, get a room. I'm like, you know what? It's, It's great because I just laugh. I go, that's the way it should be because they're gonna, they're gonna have so much security and they're going to mature in ways that you have no idea because they're seeing two people that are committed to one another, that love each other, that are playful. And, you know, that's another thing that's so important in this building a deep connection with your wife is there has to be playfulness, just like when you were dating. Mm-hmm. It has to be a state of playfulness. Because when it is, when those, when those hard things come at you, you know, when you're struggling in your job or you're laid off from your job and you're trying to find a new direction or you're not really sure what direction you're going to go in, when there is some some things that are light, if it's there's if there's light, not just in the sense of like uh, light and darkness, but lightfulness. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Not heavy. Right. Not that it's heavy. that it's it's serious, but at the same time, you know, it's not. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You understand? I think we can all understand the seriousness of things. I mean, if we're adults and we're responsible to not be, you know. Not to choose to be homeless. <laughs> right. But, but it's about having the confidence to know that this problem that right. we're facing, even if it's a big problem, you know, right. is, is achievable. We can overcome it. Absolutely. And it's, it's achieved when we look at it with the right bifocals, if you will. If we focus our eyes on it properly and see it in the perspective that it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the most important thing in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, the, it's the byproduct of, of the strength of your marriage. And so the first thing I look at when guys come to me and they're having problems, you know, finding themselves, I go, well, how's your relationship with your wife? Let's talk about that. And it's like, they, a lot of them are like, why do we want to talk about that? I'm like, dude, it all comes out of that. Mm-hmm. 
it's you know, and so we begin to go down these paths, and he's like, they're like, wow, I never really thought about that. I never really. I can see it now because then you see their brain racing and everything was popping, you know, first got married and they're, you know, things are going great. And well, it's because your relationship was solid. I mean, you had your, you had things in the right perspective, if you will. And so that's why things were popping. And even when things weren't going exactly the way you wanted them to go, Hey, it didn't, it didn't deter you from, from the first the, the most important uh, thing you were supposed to be focused on, which is, you know, loving your wife and just having a, having a great relationship there. So, mm-hmm. so what do you, I mean, so obviously this isn't applied to you, but, but okay. in terms of your coaching clients, you know, how do you know when you, when you, when you're past the point of no return? <laughs> um, well, usually I'm pretty, uh, if it's, if they, it's, it's when they, when I feel like they're kind of blocking out or they're not willing to kind of go down that path with me, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're giving me answers that they're kind of, you know, stepping side to side. You know, it's, it's almost like uh, my, my questions kind of bring fire mm-hmm. and they're trying to jump over the fire. They're trying to duck under the fire, trying to run around the fire. They're, they're not really answering the question. They're, they're sort of, you know, scapegoating, you know, and then they start making excuses. And so I just try to, I try to lead them with questions that really determine whether they're even willing to go down. Most of the time, well, all the time, in fact, it, obviously there's, you know, this, are you willing to go down this path? You know, are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to get uncomfortable? Those are the first questions I ask them. And if they're not willing to, get uncomfortable with, you know, who they, who they, what they might find about themselves, then it's probably not going to happen anyway. So, but yeah, it's usually, it's not really happy. It hasn't very happened very often at all with me. Um, just because, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty straight up. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, I don't let them, I, I don't let them get away with this stuff because I recognize it because I've, I've done it myself, you know, I've I've had mentors and I've had coaches and I even have I have a life coach now. He actually he's actually in the UK. We do it by Skype. So, you know, this it's not always doesn't have to always be face to face. But he I've I've tried to do it with him a little bit. And he's like, Sterling, come on man. You know, and he'll ask me he'll ask me, he'll say, Okay. And he'll ask me the question again and just wait. And that's when I gotta make a choice. So I kind of I kind of put the ball in their court. And see how they're going to dribble. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, right. I'm sure it's the same with the fitness or the fitness, the the, the tennis. tennis coaching too. It's Absolutely. it's it's like you know, yeah. there's some people that are gonna they're gonna do it, and there's gonna be other people that tell you they want it, but they don't want to do yep. the work for it. Right. And I usually tell them. I mean, you know, I tell them, uh, coaching them in their life, and I tell them on the tennis court. I'm like, look, you know, I can motivate you and inspire you, and I, I all I can all I can. You know, I, I'm passionate. I'm passionate enough to be able to go down that road with you. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you've got to take ownership. You've got to own it. You've got to drive from within. I mean, a, a driven person is someone who is, you know, will do everything it takes to bring success or what they believe is success for them. And 
And you've got to drive from within. And uh, that's self-motivation. At some point, there has to be self-motivation. Mm-hmm. And if you ask the right questions um, as a coach and you, you're vulnerable yourself in front of them, you know, kind of like I've been vulnerable in this interview you know, to, to your questions. Right, absolutely. And I've been myself and I've, I've tried to be as authentic. Well, I've been authentic. I mean, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm just right. – so it, it makes for um, a conversation that can actually go somewhere. Only when we just obfusc- obfuscate or, you know, we, we blame is when we're putting up walls. And so it's pretty obvious when that happens. Yeah, so. definitely. Okay, so let's let's turn this into some action items for the guys. So, sure. what can they do today? Let's give them some specifics to start relighting some of those fires in their relationship. Well, since we just go back to that, go back to Valentine's Day. Since we just came off that, it would and and let's reflect on what we maybe we just did for our wives, um, or or maybe what we didn't do. <laughs> uh, we can make a list and then. I think the, the the biggest thing is the most non-obvious way is to plan out another date that's pretty soon. And in the sense of taking your wife somewhere, maybe it, find out what would be good is find out if you don't already know, what does she really like? And if you've been married and you've been dating her, you probably have a good idea of what she likes and what she doesn't like. So that might not be so hard. And then basically plan out that date. Um, I mean, I gave you an example uh, earlier, you know, I, I sent my wife some flowers the day of, you know, um, just, and, or you could do something else. You could mm-hmm. place a little note with a Hershey kiss on it or in a strategic place where you know she's going to find it that day. Or it, It's simplicity can produce, doing simple things can produce very powerful moments. So, um, you know, if you have kids, plan the babysitter yourself. You know, don't have her do it. Um, and just when you go out on the date, you know, find yourself a- asking questions and listening or just simply listening. Um, doing things like opening the door for, you know, that, that'll, if you haven't done that in a while, that might get uh, an, eyebrow, an eyebrow raise there. Mm-hmm. So, um, um Definitely, I mean that's a first. That's a first step. Um, I would say, you know, making sure you are you you refocus your attention when you're at home. Okay, so if you have this habit of um, turning on the TV or maybe going in and answering a few emails or jumping on your Facebook account or you know, you have the tendency of, you know, pulling out your smartphone, you know, put that aside for a little bit, go in the kitchen, hang out in the kitchen with her while she's cooking dinner or something like that. That is where you, where you show your presence where it doesn't seem awkward and yet it might seem awkward and that's okay. And you might get this, what are you doing? I'm just hanging out. You know, be cool about it. I mean, guys, we know how to be cool about certain things. You know, just be cool about it. Mm-hmm. So I think a couple of those things, you know, make sure you're authentic. Um, and uh, I'm going to say start there. Okay. Definitely. 
All right. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, yeah. cool. Hey, you know what? This has been a freaking awesome conversation. And like I say, it is, it's a, definitely a topic that I know the guys are, that are listening are going to be super interested in. Yeah. 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 So, I hope so. I mean, I, I, I'm, really, I'm really excited. I think, I think we're living in a day of, a, a day of age where we've, uh, we've pretty much come to a tipping point. I think many, we've come to a point where the economy is the way it is. It may or may not get better. Um, and we're at that point where we're all defined, trying to come to terms of defining what we really want. And I know I, this is true for myself, and it's an ongoing thing. Um, we have to remember um, that once we start something, we it, it's a building process, and we've got to be we've just got to continue to build on, you know, how we communicate with our wives and do these small things. So mm -hmm. I think, I think it's a good thing. This is going to be good. Maybe it'll spur on some, uh, even greater conversations. Yeah, I definitely think it will. So, Hey, tell us a little bit more about what you do with creative life coach and <laughs> you know, your blog and tell us a little bit more about your business. Well, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I have a, a marketing coach right now that's helping me really bring everything together online and so I'm kind of in a reorganization uh, time right now, um, but uh, right now I'm offering. Um, I have a I have a several programs. One in particular is a 12 week program, and the reason why it's 12 weeks is because you know this takes time to develop. You know, it's not like oh okay, I'll get you. You know, we'll sign up for a month. I mean, we could do that, sure, but it's really you know a commitment. That's going to take time, and it, you know it may take a few weeks to weed out some things. So I'm offering that. That's um, it's 12 weeks, 4.97. You can contact me, uh, email. You can look me up. I mean, I'm I'm the only Sterling S T Y R L I N G Strother. Uh, you know, you can Google me. But um, yeah, so I'm doing that, combining everything together, consolidating it, and. A lot of what I'm doing with the personal level is spurring out of my my tennis coaching. Um, you know, I deal with a lot of uh, high school kids. I coach high school tennis, um, and so a lot of my lessons I really learn from you know coaching kids. And this whole idea of you know kids are extremely vulnerable and they're open and they're playful and so I'm really just reflecting on that and how it all integrates. So. That's where I am right now, Brock. Cool. That is really awesome, man. So if somebody wants to connect with you, make a comment, follow up with you in some way, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way to do, they could contact me at, um, they could email me at silvercoaching at gmail.com. That's one word, silvercoaching at gmail. And just contact me that way. That's probably the best way, uh, or at least a start. And then we can sort of go from there. Cool. Awesome. Hey, man, this has been a real pleasure having you on the show today. And, you know, I look forward to maybe picking up and having a part two to this. Oh, this would be great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, I think we kind of tip, it was kind of the tip of the iceberg here. Um, there's a lot more stories, obviously. And I'm, you know, sure you probably have a few stories yourself. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be good to kind of maybe share some other stories or even get, uh, maybe you get, we get some questions or some, uh, comments about this, uh, 
podcast and kind of launch from there if people want to are willing to kind of be vulnerable and allow their question to be answered or their situation to be uh, <laughs> looked over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's do that. So, that could be possible. Awesome, cool. All right, well, we will we'll make that happen. Cool. That sounds good, bro. Thanks for listening to the Heroic Man podcast. Can't wait for more? Visit HeroicMan.com where you'll find inspiring articles, fitness tips, and great resources for living your heroic life.